0: Welcome, everybody, to this podcast. So this is going to be really exciting for me because I'm going to be interviewing people uh, over the next podcast or so, and it's people that I've known for a long time that I think are kind of legends in the industry, and it's my friend Tobin Nice. So Tobin, say hello.
1: Hey, everybody. I'm Tobin Nice. I'm currently the marketing director for Arbazon Lighting, been that way for... Couple decades now, kind of
0: frightening. <laughs> yeah, I've known Tobin. We think for about twenty five years or ish, something like that. But I've invited him to be on my podcast because, as most of you know, that's listen to my podcast. I'm aiming these toward younger people that are thinking about careers in theater. And Tobin and I took kind of two different directions, but they kind of parallel each other in many ways. But I created a. Basically, it's called Five Questions, and I'm going to ask Tobin five questions about theater, and we'll see what he has to answer. Are you ready, Tobin? I am ready. Far out, buddy. So, and Tobin, anytime you want, you can interject some of your own personal thoughts about this stuff. This isn't an interrogation. So, <laughs> yeah. so just, just enjoy it, okay? <laughs> sit, right, sit back and enjoy it. So, question <laughs> yeah. number one, uh, Tobin, is what got you into theater?
1: Well, um, I was uh, when I grew up. I was always in like band and choir and and all those sort of things. And um, I took a an interest in the sound side of stuff. So I would I DJed. I did audio for bands. I did all those sort of things in high school. Um, I ended up doing that for a lot of the plays and everything. And then um, I was in school and I was basically doing broadcast stuff. Uh, and then studying political science at the same time, but that's a whole separate story. Um, And some friends of mine that were working at a summer theater in uh, Rockford, Illinois, they needed an audio guy. And uh, I was like, well, that could be kind of fun. And I went down and interviewed and um, I got the gig. And I was, I was sort of hooked. I mean, it was, it was grinding summer theater stuff, but it was a blast. Um, And uh, that's you know to, to to figure out that you could have a summer job, where you could basically work and play with your friends and 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 do this cool stuff. I was like, wow, this 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 sure beats, you know, slinging fries.
0: yeah you know I I totally get that because you know when I first started you know I I worked in theaters but I was also a cook at Pizza Hut so uh, and I actually ended up doing some summer theater so I know what you mean by the grind summer theater is uh I mean it's it's really really cool um so the next question is what kept you in theater
1: I think what kept me in it was the camaraderie The working towards a common goal, I mean, the reality is, is that show is going to open on this day at this time and the crap's got to be done in order to do it. And you have to be really, really creative. You have to solve problems on the fly. You have to uh, elaborate and work with the people that are there with you. Some you probably get along great with. Some of them you may not. And it just teaches you a lot of life skills that honestly, when I've gone to the other side of things, when I didn't want to work at night and I have a family and I do all that now, it still applies very much to my day-to-day life
0: now and has shaped who I have been in my career. Interesting. So a follow-up question on that. Would you, mm-hmm. sa- would you say when you were you know, getting to know, uh, you know, how, you know, we all know in theater that no matter what that curtain's going to go up, Uh, you know, unless there's a nuclear holocaust or zombie apocalypse, no matter what that curtain's going to go up. Would you say that uh, when you were working within the team that uh, you felt like you were all, you know, basically on the same mission? Oh, totally.
1: Totally. And, you know, that, that was the, the point of it all
0: you know we you know you
1: the the director or the producer I mean is is the general and then we each have our our you know our our kernels or our or whatever you want to call it in each of the different divisions you know you got your costume kernel you've got your lighting kernel you, you all those sets people and uh and then it and it works down from there but it's it's a very collaborative sort of thing and yeah there can be animosity and everybody kind of gets Crazy sometimes, but you, you have to work it out in order to get it done. And I think that, you know, working towards that common win, that common goal to put on the best. I mean, there's nothing better when you're doing a show and you've, you've labored and you've had late tech nights and you've had crazy crap come up that you've had to solve. And I don't know. It, it, I'm sure this has happened with you, Damon, is, um, you you get that moment in a play, like one of those sort of pivotal moments, and it just goes perfect. And you get goosebumps, and you're like, holy crap, we did it. And those are the moments that the that high, that that sort of moment that everybody working together was able to make that happen is just such an amazing moment because you the hard work and the toil that you and your co-workers have put into, you are giving to an audience that in most cases is paying <laughs> to be there to see it. But you're sharing that emotion, that feeling, that that, that common vision. And if it all connects, that is the, the time that it's just, I don't know, it's, it's magical.
0: It's it's funny when you say that there's a general who's like the you know director, because I remember the first time I was on deck crew, which means I was pushing senior around. I guess I was a private first class. <laughs> 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 because, you know, you you're kind of an awe, especially when I was in high school and I walked into theater and I was the low person on the totem pole. I mean, I was way at the bottom and I still loved it. I mean, you know, my dream that first year was to be able to open and close the act curtain. (laughs) You know, if I got that job, man, I'm somebody, I'm somebody important, you know? Yeah. Um, Okay. The next question is what is the coolest thing that you think you've ever done in all your years in theater?
1: Uh, The, the one summer I'm, we, I mean, how can you be a kid and not love uh, fireworks? I mean, let's yep. just be honest uh the that 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 summer theater that i got the job at well we did camelot and that's and then we did a couple of other shows and the the director this amazing kind man named mike webb um i know mike yeah he he's like all right we got to figure out the pyro and i'm like pick me, pick me. (laughs) And, you know, we were able to create um, these effects for it. And it was great. He gave us like, I'm like, you know, we're we're researching. We're trying to figure out like different smoke effects that don't use smoke machines and different sort of things. And he actually bought us a a subscription to the, the Yale Tech Briefs so we could like look and see and research what they had done and all those sort of things. And it was just he trusted us and we made some really awesome effects. And just the fact that a hobby that I had had prior to working in theater, um, a hobby being lighting off fireworks, but we we, we used to do some pretty cool stuff and being able to transition that. And then eventually I, I, for a while, I actually held my federal pyro card, and did that when, when I did industrials later in life, and then we'd have to coordinate with local fire departments and do all of that. And that's all since lapsed. Cause yeah, I, I, <laughs> but it, that was, that was some of the coolest moments because just being able to, you know, create that extra little moment of magic in the show by, you know, and it can be a small thing. Um, you had asked me to, Send you a picture, and it, for those of you listening, Damon put it put it on there. You can do an inset or whatever. Uh, we did Camelot, and uh, Merlin's staff needed to have flame go out of it. So you know, we used like solar igniters for model rockets yeah. and flash paper, you know, or and then like a little bit of smoke powder, and you know, but that little moment where he hit that button and it would go up, cool as hell, just cool as hell.
0: Well, it's funny you talk about pyros because, you know, prior to nine eleven, you know, we could go to La Maitre, we could buy our own flash paper, we could buy, like you say, rocket igniters, we could pretty much do whatever we want. Trias Sciences, that yeah. was
1: my, that was my go to place, man.
0: Yeah, yeah, and and the cool thing was is that being theater nerds, you know, we knew fire safety, we knew we weren't going to burn the place down, we we knew to keep actors, you know, with costumes away from flammables. Relatively safe. Yeah, relatively safe. Um but no, it's it's funny that uh, you know sometimes a single show can be the greatest moment in your your entire career in this industry sometimes. Yeah, totally. So it's really neat. So the next one is, you know, when I and and I want to I want to lay down kind of the definition of this. It says, what's the worst thing you have done in theater? And what I <laughs> I don't mean by that is that you go out and get hammered at a pub afterwards. What I mean is, you know, was there a job that you regretted or a job that you dread doing or were there just a job where fun went to die? You know, was there a particular time that you were doing a show and you're just like, ah, this just, just didn't work. Is there something that sticks out in your mind that was the. There you know, <laughs> I mean, where fun went to die.
1: Hopefully I'm not gonna get an angry letter from somewhere, but um I think mm. you know, I, I I went down the path after, I mean when I finished college and I worked in broadcast for a while. Um, and when I when that was weird and awkward, because uh, there was like a, an economic time where you know the economy went to crap. I did corporate AV stuff. And then when I was in corporate AV, my, the, same, the same cadre of people that lured me into summer theater were in graduate school at the time. And they're like, hey, Tobe, um, you could go to graduate school in theater and they'll pay for it. <laughs> you could do theater and, you, and I'm like, uh, they'll pay for it? <laughs> what? And so I went and did it um, and I'm in graduate school, but the seasons were crazy. I mean, you would, it'd be like nine shows a year when we would do it. And you're cranking it up between the main stage and the studio stages, the scene shop. I worked in the scene shop. That is um, my, I studied technical direction of production management. That, that's before I got into the, the sort of lighting thing mm-hmm. side of things. Um, but what, it was cool doing all of that, but the grind was brutal. And I think second year, midway through the second year, we would not only do the shows that the department would do, but we would also work at the touring house and work those union shows to make extra money. Because while yes, they were paying for your school, it wasn't. You know, we weren't getting rich. Yeah, <laughs> you know, no, you're
0: we yeah. you're getting yeah. by.
1: You're yeah. getting by. I mean, it's it's school. I mean, it's it's it's. Uh, it was it was great, but um, the I, I remember working a union show, and it wasn't. The worst part, but it was it was like a confluence of events that, um, you know, you you you're just grinding it out, grinding it out, and we worked this one touring show, and we showed up at five thirty in the morning for a call to unload the trucks and set up whatever touring show was coming through, and by noon, actually before lunch break, it was done and up, and you had converted this empty space into another world another place and that was really cool but when i came back later that day and after running the show and after loading it out that night by what 10 30 i think we were about done um it was back to where it started empty pristine beautiful like everything was put back in its place and it was exactly the way that it started at five thirty 30 the earlier morning and that's when I think I realized that I actually liked the buildings better than doing the shows at that point in my life. And um, uh, something clicked. And uh, I was so fortunate in that I had had a, um, uh, one of the, you know, professors would go on sabbatical and do what have you? And we would—they would bring alums back and talk. And we had somebody come back and do a session on consulting. On, on and then that's where we learned about control rises for buildings. And you know, is this laid out correctly? You know, we've all worked in venues where we're like, okay, what were they thinking when they built this? Because <laughs> you know, it's really easy just to, to take a dump on something. Yeah. You know, yeah. there, there was a conventional wisdom at the time. So yep, yep. And, and no, maybe, maybe there was somebody who just really didn't know what the hell they were doing. But in general, there was a thought process and to be able to, to help do that. And uh, that's when I finished school, I went back and was doing industrials. And then a year later, Barbazon called me and they're like, hey, we're building a huge TV studio in Chicago. Do you want to be the field project coordinator? I'm like, heck yes, that would be awesome. So I get a day job. I get to play in these facilities and help my friends who, you know, need stuff from time to time and that was <laughs> honestly pretty kick ass. So, that's where I've been ever since. I mean that that's a good thing that came out of a a bad, not a bad. But you know like you, you can get ground down in this industry. I mean that that is uh we all just finished um a lot of us were just at a big theater trade show. Um, every year, um, high school, college, technical theater people converge on a conference called the United States Institute of Theater Technology. Yeah. And it's it's usually held in a landlocked place. So everybody gets their best black clothes and utility kilts and whatever and <laughs> convert, converges <laughs> on this city. Yeah. And we geek out about theater for a week. And I love that show because the the sparkle in young people's eyes they're not ground down by the industry yet yep. they're excited fresh meat <laughs> <laughs> well <laughs> but you know it's it's it, for me after you know it's 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 pretty easy to get not jaded but you know sort of very skeptical and there's you know and and to to get that sort of boost of like magic and, and happiness and excitement is, is, is really always just super, super great. I come out of that. We come away from that show and we're like, all right, yep. We're doing the right thing. Yep.
0: <laughs> you know, it's, it's really interesting talking to you and you, know, you know, I've been friends forever. Um, but it's interesting the parallel because I remember exactly the day I decided to get out of live performances and I had been working in a theater where we did a lot of children's stuff. And we do like 500 presentations a year, like every, mm-hmm. every, uh, well, during the summer, we were open seven days a week during the off season. We always had, you know, the dark Monday, but what always cracked me up was, you know, 10:31 and three every day we had a 35 minute children's show.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: I had a really cool, uh, local, uh, lighting dealer sales guy named, Fred Brown and he, Fred would pop in on me once a month and would leave me like a lipsoidal or a Fresnel or a fog machine and say, "Hey Damon, see what you like." Toy. Play with this toy. Play with this. It was play with this toy. First, and then first one, time's, first one time's free Damon. First one day he looked at me and he said, "You know, Damon, it's fu- kind of funny as he goes. I think you keep getting skinnier and skinnier." And I said, "Dude." I am just running. And he kept joking. You need need to go to the dark side and do sales. And he kept trying to convince me. And then one day he said to me, he goes, you know, I never work a day past six unless it's on my own choice. And I was like, yeah. And he goes, I always have Saturday and Sundays off. (laughs) I was like, yeah. And we met at a White Castle. And that's where the deal was signed that I decided to – basically go work for a theatrical dealer much like you work with barbazon well so. there's
1: you know the, the the cool part about it there's jobs for techs and everything there too i mean like our techs, they're they work after hours i mean we have we have a pager you know yep. well, like, oh, yep. wait they don't do pagers
0: anymore but <laughs> you yeah, know i know what you mean uh, but they're
1: they're on call <laughs> i mean when you know i starting our office in chicago i if my phone would ring like it. I don't know, five forty-five or just before ten o'clock at night. I knew there was a problem at a TV station. Yeah, if you know, you're on call in some cases when when you're on duty. But the cool part about it is you take turns. You know, so it's not all the time. Right, right. And I think that you know that's the the piece that's a little bit different. And I think that it's fun to do that stuff. My friends that tour, they love it. They enjoy doing all of that, and. At a point they're like, eh, okay, what do I want to do now? Uh, they still want to be involved because it's, it's it's an amazing industry. There are brilliant people and who solve crazy problems. And it's, I don't know, it, it's, it's just, it's not for everybody, but the people that end up here definitely belong.
0: Well, it's funny at the trade show, you were just talking about USATT. I talked to uh, uh, actually a young guy and girl a little bit about, you know, careers in the theater. And we joked a little bit about my podcast. They hadn't heard it yet, but I told them I did it. So I wanted young people to understand all the different opportunities. And I said, and you know, I, I told them and most colleges don't teach it. You could grow up to be a theater consultant. They don't teach it. You could, you know, grow up and be a touring person. They are talking more about lighting design, set design and all that stuff. And I could see kind of the... You know, the lights come on in their eyes or maybe the twinkle in their eyes when they started realizing there's like 10,000 things you can do in our industry oh, if you absolutely. ever get bored. So I thought that was interesting. So, OK, so uh, question number five, what would you tell right now if there's a high school kid or a, and I hate to use our kid, but, you know, you and I are getting up there in the age. But if there's a young person who's in high school theater or college theater and they're trying to figure out what I want to do this for a career, what, what would you tell them? I would say
1: just go and be involved. Um, so many theater companies, so many places um, are just looking for people to help. And when you start, unfortunately, you're probably not going to make, it's going to be either volunteer or you're going to do it. But then if you continue to show up, if you work hard, if you, you know, are there, you're going get, to keep getting called back and i i think with that piece it it makes you know it, it, there's dedication you, you have to be you have to be want to be well, it's like a lottery you have to be in it to win it no uh yeah. <laughs> uh no I, I just and and don't be intimidated there are so many great people where if you're coming in to do an an, an entry level like like you, the private first class pushing yeah shit backstage you know yep. Um, they're gonna tell you exactly how to do it and exactly how they want it done. And they're gonna be very clear about it. They're going to in 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 most cases. Um, and that is just just go and learn and see if it's for you. Um we may seem intimidating and blustery and arrogant and everything from the outside, but we're not. We we were all you at one point. And we just kind of swallowed hard and said, All right. I'm going to go try. And a lot of people, that's when they get hooked. And so I, I would just say, don't, don't be like, well, if you're, you, you got to not just dip your toe in, you got to jump in and decide if it's for you.
0: So let me ask you this uh, kid does stagecraft in high school starts to fall in love with it, goes to college and is continuing on. Let's say mom and dad wants them to be an engineer and they're like, fine, mom and dad, I'll be an engineer. But they also follow the path of some theater courses and everything. And then they walk out of college and realize, oh, I'm going to make mom and dad mad. I want to be in theater. I am, and I'm going to do something in theater. You know, when I look at that, and I, I kind of want your opinion on this, but for me, I look at them, they could go and talk to a dealer. They could go talk to a regular theater. They could go talk to like AV companies. There's so many places they could go talk to and say, look, I got a degree in theater. And I want to figure out what I'm going to be. What, what would you tell somebody walking right out of college with a degree in theater? Uh, what, what would you tell them, even though you and I might have completely different thoughts on this? I, I just want to see what you would tell that person, where, what they should do. I mean, should they go apply at <laughs> I know you. I know you guys are hiring everybody right now. But right. what would you tell this person?
1: I think what I would tell them is, you know, you you read those um, internet stories about, you know, like the worst degree you can have is theater or something like that, and I, I <laughs> vehemently disagree with it because what you have that other don't people don't have is mental agility and being able to solve problems and work on a definite timeline.
0: The MacGyver uh, syndrome.
1: It is totally that. And it may not be the best solution, but it's a solution and it gets it done and it gets it up. Um, I think that that's what you have. We, we've somehow, um, in, in, in speaking to people, we, we've somehow engineered problem solving or critical thinking out of the education system. And I think that theater people and people that that, that graduate with those degrees, uh, on the tech side, I mean, actors are fine. Don't get me wrong. We We need them but technical people, especially (laughs) Um, I'm going to, take so much crap for that, but that's all right.
0: Oh no, I'm going to take a lot. I am I've been saying that in all my podcasts is like most of my friends are actors don't know when they're not acting. So (laughs) uh, there's a little bit more dramatic (laughs) than tech people, but go ahead, man.
1: The, the, the thing that you have is um, you have a marketable skill. And when we employ people and, and friends of mine that work for manufacturers, Uh, friends of mine that work for, you know, all of these different places, what we consistently find is that because you have that degree and because you've had the practical experience of working on a stage with a stage and a production, because there's no way you're going to graduate or, you know, without having done that in in many cases, um, you understand What's happening, and it's sort of the same thing on the broadcast side, because uh, right now what we're finding is that it is easier for us to teach a theater person how to sell things, how to be a project manager in construction, because you—you that's that's actually theater. It's just on a longer scale with, in some cases, rougher people. Uh, yeah. Yep. <laughs> um, there's you know, the field service technicians, you're fixing things, but instead of a show, you're actually building the system. You're testing the system that the people are going to use. Um, These are all skills that you have put into practice in a show situation that are incredibly important in the construction side of things or um, some of our most successful salespeople were, 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 you know, when I was in Chicago, because I, you know, I like you were saying that guy would come around once a month. Fred would come in and be like, "Hey, Damon, check yeah. this thing. It's so yeah. cool." Um, yeah. I did the same thing. I, you know, it's, I wouldn't. When, when you work for a dealer distributor, you get to see all of the latest stuff that's coming out, usually before it's out on the street. Yeah, you usually get one before everybody else. You can show it to all the people because you know your friends and what they do, and all of a sudden you have a tool that could make their life easier yeah they're going to have to buy it you know that's that's part of the deal but you can say hey and and in a lot of cases they're like yeah i totally need that or no what i would do is i would change this and then you give that information back and you're only making the tools that we use better and better cuz the next revision that's going to come from the manufacturer is going to have that feedback cuz sometimes things get not necessarily designed in a vacuum but these these tweaks these sort of things they make their way into the products all the time
0: and that's really rewarding because you know when i worked at the lily theater we got a brand new color train system and i was asking uh the guy named fred uh all the different things that the encore lighting console did and he goes damon do you want to talk to the factory and i started talking to the factory they're like do you want to be a beta test site and tell us any glitches or anything you don't like about this board and it basically taught me controls one o one I mean yeah. with what I learned about that console and the viewpoint control system i'm I'm dating myself here but it. but when I think about what I learned and you know i I walk away with that and it's priceless um just oh, it's really it's so cool, Tobin that I hope anybody who listens to my podcast and listen to guests like you that they understand that uh let's say five years from now, if they're listening to this, that you and I will probably touch a hundred different opportunities in our life and none of them were ever quite exactly the same. Mm-hmm. And that's the reason we don't get, you know, completely bored out of our minds. Um, so, yeah. So, so well, it's, hey,
1: the, it's, the, it's the ADHD sort of thing, piece of it. You know, I think the, the part for me is you're right. You are not, you know, working in a factory, putting the same screw in the same place for eight hours a day you're getting stuff thrown at you that is different whether you are in the production side of things or whether yes um if you're on a tour on broadway or yep. you end up doing that you're going to do all of those shows every week and the the goal at that point is to craft it so it is the same the whole time yep but it's all of the maintenance behind the scenes. Different stuff is going to break. Different things are going to go wrong during each show. Different things are going to go right. And y- 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 it's your job to be agile enough to be able to adapt to the situation, fix it so it's the final product that the people are paying today a heck of a lot of money to see, Um the people the night before saw the same thing. So the product is the same, but it's the, it's those variables, um, all stuff, you know, equipment breaks down, stuff happens, uh, power outages, uh power surges that can blow up things. Uh, somebody pulls a wireless mic or, I mean, a, a mic cable out of a belt pack or yeah. you know, all those sort of things happen. And it's your job to adapt quickly so that, that magic that that end piece that performance is as good as it can be and as good as it was imagined to be by the producers
0: well well you know it's funny i happen to just post covid be in the eugene theater where the book of mormon is and um They were so busy during the day, and one of the salespeople with me said, why are they so busy? And I said, they're fixing everything that didn't work last night. (laughs) And and they just looked at me and kind of laughed. And one of the people standing there kind of joked and said, yeah, you have no idea of we're going to do, you know, and I can't remember how many hundreds of performances that they have done or were going to do, that they basically want every night to be exact, and I yeah. thought that was just so funny how busy they were at four and, in the afternoon.
1: And that's that's the craft of that. It that's is. the craft of pr- production at
0: that level. It is. Uh, I mean,
1: it, it's whether, like- it, whether it's a Broadway show, whether it's a rock and roll tour, whether it's a TV show. I yep. mean, you think about the ultimate sort of like online. Um, Saturday Night Live is theater. I mean, they're doing it live. It's live theater. We're just televising it. Yeah. Uh, And those are the sort of places that jobs that we do on a stage in high school, on a stage in college, um, summer stock theater, regional theater, you know, you can get into this business from any number of ways. You don't have to go to college. You don't have to go to graduate school. You just have to be really, really freaking good at what you do. And you are going to always be employed as a technician because they're needed they I mean if you if you look at any number of people like if you go to the uh it's esta.org it's the entertainment services Technology Association um their job openings if you go to the, the that usITt that we talked about if you go to yeah. USITT, their job board you're looking at all the people that are being hired these are all you know technical and design jobs of people that came up so many different ways into this industry. It there there is no prescribed route. It's just be be really freaking good at what you do.
0: Well, you know, you kind of crack me up because there was a time in my life, uh, you know, I worked for two different dealers in my past, but corporate events, once I did two or three corporate events and did them good, I got more corporate events. And what I mean is like doing a rental for Caterpillar or doing a rental for a company that was doing an awards banquet. And I started cracking up uh, with my, you know, the other staff I worked with that I would say, hey, we got another rental. It's a corporate rental. And and people started loving those because we, we were, we called them shake and bakes. You know, you could do it, make your margin, make your money, and the client would call you up the next time you needed it. It wasn't going into a dirty theater and replacing rigging that was 200 years old.
1: Yeah, I, totally. I, I mean, we, you know, like I worked on the annual corporate meetings for Motorola and Arthur Anderson and all of these crazy companies, W.L. Gorn Associates. I mean, and it wasn't the Gore-Tex people. It was the people that made, I never knew that the vascular graphs are made out of Gore-Tex. Who knew? Uh, I found out. <laughs> Um, but yeah. we, we did stuff for them. And yeah, you have to wear a suit. And yes, you have to. But you're doing theater and you usually take over some crazy resort somewhere and you're converting a ballroom into a theater space. And in the morning, yes, there's a meeting and then you have to turn it over so that there's a big dinner or then you have to make it into a classroom. But so what? You have a lot of people to do it. And it's 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 actually just a different type of theater.
0: Well, and one neat thing about doing the corporate events is normally the catering people always fed you.
1: <laughs> yeah, the, meal, the food was pretty good. It yeah. was
0: really good.
1: Uh, it, not as good as some of the like the tours. I mean, the, some of the tours I've seen have had some pretty good stuff too. But yeah, you're right because they usually they, <laughs> like, especially when we did that medical thing. Man, those guys. That's that's like a whole another level of stuff. I was just like, okay, I'm I'm Dorothy. I'm not in Kansas anymore.
0: Holy crap! Yeah. Well, Caterpillar fed is pretty good. I'm so. Happy. Well, look, everybody, as I always say at the end of a podcast, I'm going to shut this down. I want to super thanks Tobin. I've got to make up an excuse on another podcast in about six months called Five More, (laughs) because I got to come up with five more questions because I just love having Tobin on here. Um, But any last thoughts, Tobin?
1: No, like I said before, don't be afraid to go. If you have an interest, they're always looking for people to help paint sets. They're always helping for people to help hang lights. Um, go to your local community theater playhouse. Go to you know if if you have an interest in this, don't be shy. Um, that's that's the only thing I say because it's fun. I mean it, it it's it's kind of cool. And I, I think when you when you get that that sense of camaraderie, I mean we live in such a crazy divisive world right now where everyone is just ready to go from zero to hundred to yell at people and be all kinds of crazy. To to be able to be in a place where you can collaborate. You can, you know, it, it, you usually have a lot of good discussions about the best way to do something and your idea might not be the best way. Your idea may be the best way, but you can at least debate it and you're not going it, to,
0: it's 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 just a great place. It really, yeah. really is. Yeah, very cool. Well, hey, thank you very much, Tobin. Uh, I always like, I like to end these by telling everybody to take care, be safe, go see a show, be nice to each other and rock on. So I will see you next time, everybody. Take care. Take care.